Protecting your assets for the next generation. You're listening to The Strong Room, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room. I'm Peter Watts. The new president of the Canadian Medical Association, Dr. Gigi Osler, is our featured guest today. Dr. Osler is a Winnipeg-based surgeon. She'll spend much of her one-year mandate trying to bring more attention to seniors' care on a variety of different subjects. We are taking the needs of our seniors in Canada quite seriously. And so I'm trying to encourage people to think of addressing seniors' care not just as a senior's issue, but addressing the needs of our seniors will have downstream effects for the rest of us in terms of better efficiencies in the healthcare system, shorter wait times, more beds in hospitals. So to me, that may seem like a very focused group issue, but really, I think looking after our seniors affects all of us. You have uh, started off with a pre-budget submission to uh, the Minister of Finance, Bill Morneau. Can you share with us uh, some of the messages that are included in there and, and whatever priorities you've established? We did. So we were just in Ottawa presenting our recommendation to the House of Commons Standing Committee on Finance in their pre-budget consultation period. And we believe more federal money is needed for all of the provinces to better look after the healthcare needs of our seniors. If you look at our population of Canadians aged 65 and older right now, <laughs> Peter's got his hand up. They make up less than 20% of our population, yet 50% of our healthcare spending is on Canadians aged 65 and older. And when you look at that age demographic, those numbers across the country in every province are only going to get larger. So you can see how our healthcare spending on our seniors age 65 and older is only going to get more. So our recommendation to the government was that we need more federal money for seniors and we're calling for a demographic top-up to the Canada Health Transfer so that each province will get new money, new federal money, based on their proportion of seniors to be applied to things such as more long-term care beds, more palliative care programs, more home care programs, more technology so that seniors can have the care that they need delivered in their home or at the very least in their community. What questions did you get from the committee? There was interest. Um, and in particular, uh, one committee member commented on how that technology piece could not only benefit seniors, but people living in remote or rural or northern or indigenous communities. And so, again, I think it comes back to how a lot of the initiatives that we're promoting for seniors are not just going to help seniors. It'll benefit all of Canadians. If patients have access to digital technology to do any number of things, a lot mm -hmm. of which might be monitoring, 
uh, is the medical community capable of receiving that data and responding to it? And if not, uh, is that a priority for the CMA to find the resources needed uh, to make that a reality? So we've had some discussions about that um, at CMA. We are looking at all of this innovation and technology as a new a new way to deliver healthcare more effectively. And I think doctors are ready and willing, but as you just mentioned and we spoke about earlier, the the infrastructure sometimes isn't there. Um, the regulatory requirements isn't there. So as a doctor, and I'm from Winnipeg, um, in Manitoba, in northwestern Ontario, so around the Kenora area, Winnipeg is the closest medical center to folks living in Kenora. But because it's a different province, I cannot provide telemedicine or virtual health care to somebody living in another province unless I have a license in that province. So there are some barriers in place. So that's licensing, regulatory requirements. Um, We need more investment in infrastructure um, so that if you are living in a remote or rural community, uh, you have access to high-speed Wi-Fi so that you can have some of those video virtual visits with your doctor. We're also conscious of the fact that with all this technology and innovation, we have to make sure that we don't leave anybody behind. And so that folks who can't afford it, don't know how to access it, don't know how to use it, we want to make sure that the technology doesn't leave people behind. So we have to make sure that there's some equity in terms of access and ability to use the new technology. If I was a person operating in a uh, primary care network, I would say to myself, this is the kind of uh, tool I would love to be able to use so that a patient interacts with me, you know, from a distance, but but I can trust the numbers I'm getting or the mm-hmm. information that I'm getting. I can uh, use it. Uh, I can respond to it. Um, I can prescribe or I can provide a therapy program or whatever. Um, this would seem to be right on the first level of of good patient care going forward. Agree. And, you know, there's so much new technology out there. And when we last talked, we talked about Fitbits and apps on phones. And I was just reading that the new iPhones can take an electrocardiogram, so a reading of your heart rhythm. And that's fantastic. And so I think it. what I've read is it has the ability to interpret it. But I was talking to a technology expert, and they were saying, while that's fantastic, the the uh, app or whatever reads it, is how is it calibrated? Is it calibrated regularly? You know, how can you trust that the reading is correct? So there's some of those issues as well with all of this new technology. You want to make sure that the technology is calibrated and looked after to make sure you're getting accurate readings. All right, let's talk about seniors uh, for a minute. Um, uh, first of all, what what position would uh, the Canadian Medical Association take on living at home as opposed to uh, living in some kind of institutional framework uh, if that was if those were the two options? That's an easy question. Who would prefer living in a hospital versus being at home? 
Um, and so I, I, I look at my experiences with uh, my family and my dad passed away a couple of years ago and he would have, I know, preferred to have passed away at home, but, but couldn't for a variety of different reasons. And so I think from a personal perspective, and I think if you ask more Canadians, if you could have treatment end-of-life options provided for you at home versus in an institution, I would venture a guess that most people would prefer the home option. And home care is so much less expensive than hospital care. Hospital care is about 20 times as expensive as home care. So I, I think if that is an option, and that's why we're calling for the demographic top-up to the Canada Health Transfer, invest more in home care resources so we can give people the opportunity to stay in their own homes, to have some of their visits and health monitoring done at home, to have some of their medical visits done at home, and to give them more options when they're sick and ill and dying. What are your thoughts on the proposal to establish a national pharmacare program in this country? Our position at the CMA has always been that Canadians should have access to medically necessary prescription drugs, regardless of your ability to pay. And I think a national pharmacare plan has that potential. Um, Certainly, seniors should not have to make that hard decision of filling a prescription or buying groceries, that it simply should not happen. And so we're eagerly awaiting Dr. Hoskins' uh, report, uh, the federal report on pharmacare, which I believe is due to come out in 2019. And once that comes out, we'll really look at it closely and start to have some of those internal discussions and really um, see, does it meet the needs of Canada's population and especially our seniors. That's Dr. Gigi Osler, president of the Canadian Medical Association. We'll hear a bit more from her in a moment. First, a reminder that it's time to think about getting your life plan in order. Planning for your own care in your retirement years and getting that personal directive in place is a big part of good life planning. You're listening to The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.